Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Um, Johnny is passing out the today's outline. If you didn't get one, you're going to need one. I'm very, very careful to put on paper what we believe the Word of God says about these gifts. And uh, Johnny, when you get through with that, if you'll give anybody who didn't get last week's teaching as we talked about other gifts, I want you to see what the position of the church, how we see uh, spiritual gifts. It's important to me that you see that in writing, that you hear it and that you know it, and that we as a church uh, understand and embrace the gifts of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that we go deeper with what He is doing and wants to do as we operate in the gifts with uh, order. We talked in 1 Corinthians, if you'll look there with me, I'm going to briefly go through where we were to get where we are. There uh, are three hours of teaching on YouTube. And uh, just last week, a man reached out. He saw us on YouTube. And he said, that word of knowledge that was spoken is right where I am. He said, I've never heard of you guys before in my life, but that word of knowledge is right where I am. Would you pray with me? And he mentioned the heart cry. So what I'm trying to tell you is you have no idea how many people are being reached out there by the influence of your church and its reach. So let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We talked about Romans chapter 12, about the gifts that the Father gives you when you're born again, when you're spiritually wired, you're bent. That is, your spiritual DNA um, when you're born again. We talked about the gift of uh, prophecy and ministry and teaching and giving and leadership and mercy. And now the last two or three weeks, we've been on the gifts of the Spirit, that is, the spiritual gifts that are to be in operation in the body. Listen, in the body scattered and in the body gathered, that's here. The body scattered is as you go about your daily life, family, friends, business, work, pleasure. The Spirit of God will use you and the gifts He gives you while you're out there if you'll just be listening and obedient. <coughs> and God will get the glory. Remember, 
The purpose of the gifts are to give God glory and to minister to His people. So we talked last time as we looked there, there are diver- verse 4, chapter 12, there are divor- diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all. But the manifestation of the Spirit <coughs> is given to each one for the profit of who? All. For the one <coughs> is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge. Last time, and I asked Johnny to pass out from last time. I want you to see it in print again if you, if you didn't uh, join us last week. The word of knowledge is that supernatural ability that the Holy Spirit gives to give you some insider information. That is, by His Spirit, <clears throat> to say something that he wants to say, to disclose something he wants to do, that doesn't arise from your mind, either from your body, your human brain. It is a word, a message that comes in your spirit through the Holy Spirit. Something he wants to be known. I gave examples of that in the service last week. The word of wisdom is not only the ability to hear what God is saying, but the ability to apply it in a personal, tangible circumstance. It's to be able to not only hear what God is saying, but to hear when, how, to whom, at what level, wisdom. All believers can ask God in faith for wisdom, James 1, 5, and it will be given. But there is a special gifting of the Holy Spirit through the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom that every one of us need to ask for. To another, the gift of faith. We talked last time about the measure of faith. An amount of faith is given to every believer. But the gift of faith is the higher operation of someone who just has the capacity to hear God, believe God, obey God, and not move off of it. Dean and I have that faith. Hers is more developed than mine, but I'm getting there. You don't ask us to pray for you if you don't believe that we operate in the gift of faith, do you? You should ask the Lord for the gift of faith. That is the ability to hear what He's saying and just believe it. And not be moved off of it. Well, I don't know, Pastor. I tried that one time. and I, <laughs> You can't try that one time. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the Word of God. We talked about that last week. To another, uh, by the same Spirit, gifts of healings. We talked about how there is a supernatural ability. God, Jesus hadn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
He healed when he was here, and if he hasn't changed, he heals when he's gone to be with the Father. That it does not exclude the beautiful gift of medical science. You've heard me say it a thousand times. It's a wonderful gift. But there are certain things that medical science is limited by. God is not limited by anything. There is a special ability to operate in plural healings that is given by the Holy Spirit. But remember, nobody owns that gift. If somebody owned the gift of healing, they ought to go be today down at the hospital clearing them out. You don't own that. The Word says there in, in verse 11 that the Holy Spirit <coughs> distributes those as He wills. Gifts of healings. To another miracles, we ended with that last time. <coughs> I'm sorry about my voice. To another prophecy, and uh, I will get to that next time. I've got a lot to say about that. To another, the discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits. And that's where we start with today's teaching. The discerning of spirits. The discerning of spirits is the special ability given by the Holy Spirit to be able to see the agenda and operation of spiritual agents. How many of you know that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy? Did you also know that when he was cast out of heaven, he took one-third of the angels of heaven with him? We know them in the New Testament as demons, demonic spirits, spiritual agents. The discerning of spirits is not giving you the right to judge somebody's eternal destiny. It does not give you the right to get in a place of judgment to condemn others and always trying to take the place of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know the Holy Spirit doesn't need your help to convict of sin? When you try to convict of sin, you're guilty of condemnation. The Holy Spirit is perfectly able to convict of sin. I know because I get convicted all the time. He gives me evidence. Nah, that's out of, that's out of line now with my best for you. Well, y'all don't ever get conviction of the Holy Spirit? Dear Jesus. I need to preach a little better than that because whom the Lord loves, He corrects. <clears throat> the discerning of spirits is the ability to see what's behind the activity. What is the motivating force behind these activities that you see or hear or come in exposure to? When the gift of discernment is in operation, it helps you see things that you can't see in the natural. It's, it's like the Lord shows you what's behind the door. How many of you know it's not enough sometimes just to, just to feel like you're in the presence of evil Sometimes you need to understand what the motivating forces behind these behaviors are. When you get attacked, 
by the evil one or evil people. You need to ask the Lord to give you the gift of the discerning of spirits so you will know what is the driving force behind this destructive, accusatory attempt to steal, kill, or destroy, to steal your peace, to steal your self-esteem, to destroy that which is relationally good and sound and a blessing. What is, ask the Lord to help you see what the, what the operation of these evil spirits are to bring destruction to what the Lord wants for you as his son and daughter. But if you operate in that gift, you'll have greater clarity about what is the voice of God and what's not. How many of you know the devil uses the same words? He, use, he takes God's word and he quotes it sometimes, but he always quotes it for the wrong reason, to get you to disbelieve what God has said and to operate in that disbelief. The enemy will use what God has said to bring about a wrong result. When we operate in this gift, it should lead us to God's protection. In our gift test, Dina was high in the gifts of the discerning of spirits. Well, what would that mean to somebody in ministry? <laughs> A whole lot. My door is a whole lot more wide open to anything and everything that tries to get in. Hers is hard to get through. That's not an inferior thing. It has protected our church, our ministry, our lives on many occasions simply because there are things she saw that I didn't see. But when I'm willing to listen and honor that gift, guess what? You start seeing some things in operation that you hadn't seen before, and it causes you to cry out for God's wisdom and to cry out for God's protection. And it also leads us to get involved in praying our authority, once those evil spiritual agents are identified, now you can resist them. The Bible says, James 4, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Res re submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Well, how do you resist the devil? You take, a th Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. He also said, Matthew 16, whatever you bind on the earth has been bound in heaven. You've got to stand up and speak up. You have got to not only say, you know, I'm not going to believe and go down that path, and I'm not going to be deceived. 
And I am hereby, Jesus, you are my witness, that in your holy and righteous name, I speak right into the atmosphere of my home, my car, my family, my business, whatever it is, and in the name of Jesus and in his authority, I demand every assignment of the evil one to deceive me or my family to be broken in the name of Jesus. You've got to take authority. But when you're operating under the gifts of discernment, you know that you're a lot more alert to the agenda of the evil one because our problem is most of the time the evil one is already 50% into the agenda before we even know he's at work. And that makes it more difficult. Doesn't change the authority of Jesus, but we, we've lost the opportunity to operate in more peace and favor and blessing when we don't recognize the agenda of the evil spirits. So ask the Lord, Lord, give me discernment of what is at work here so that I can recognize it and resist it in the name and under the authority of the Lord. Do you know that in and of yourself you are no match for the devil? But do you also know that in the name and the authority of Jesus that he's given you, the devil is no match for you? In his name. In my name you shall cast out evil spirits. Amen. The discerning of spirits, it, could, it should cause us to discern the activity of demonic spirits. And by the way, 1 John 4, 1 says this, test the spirits to see if they're of God. Don't be gullible and believe everything you hear. You know, there was a word that we used to laugh at, and that is, well, if it's on the internet, it must be true. Don't believe everything you hear. You know, Jesus even said, many will come in my name and deceive many. So just because somebody uses the name of God or Jesus or the Bible, don't believe everything you hear. The word says, put it to the test. Test the spirits to see if they're of God. Do they bear witness about the Lordship of Jesus? Pastor, how do I have discernment without slipping into judgment? Look, I've got it written down for you. We should not judge the eternal destiny, the value, or the inner motives of somebody else. Remember, this is a discerning of spirits, not a judging of people. God is the ultimate judge. Not me, not you. But the discernment is the discernment of what evil spirits are at work to generate this kind of activity that I'm seeing. But I don't have the right to say, well, that is an evil man who's on his way to hell. No. I don't have the right to say that. We don't have the right to judge the eternal destiny, the value, the inner motives of somebody else. 
we can ask the Lord to show somebody the blind spots that they have so that they will change their behavior. But how many of you know you can't change somebody else's blind spot? Somebody else's blind spot can cause you a lot of pain, but it also gives you an opportunity to develop your intimacy with the Lord. Because you can pray that the Spirit of God would show them the truth. He is the Spirit of truth. And in the meantime, you've got to be patient and suffer a little bit until the Spirit shows them the truth. Now, that's not popular preaching. But you're never going to be conformed to the image and likeness of Jesus until you're willing to suffer with what Jesus suffers with. Jesus was rejected by those closest to him. Do you know that? Those in his family tried to get him to quit his ministry. You need to come on in out of that. I mean, and, and some of them didn't even believe until after the resurrection. And that was the game changer. Respect that the only source of true judgment is the Lord. I was asked recently, or I was told about, and I, and I get this a lot, certain ministers, ministries, whatever. And the Lord led me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This is what it says. Paul speaking. But with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a common court. I told somebody the other day, there's some stuff floating around out there that I'm getting some criticism for. And I told him I don't lose a bit of sleep about it because I know the truth. Paul says, I, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. In fact, listen, I don't even judge myself. For I know of nothing against myself, yet I'm not justified by this. He who judges me is the Lord. Watch. Therefore, verse 5, judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will both bring to light the hidden things of darkness and reveals the counsels, the motives of people's heart. Then each one's praise will come from God. There's coming a day when all of our motives are going to be exposed. And in the meantime, you and I are not to pronounce some kind of eternal judgment on somebody else. Even for those who, like Paul, had different ministry than he did, that he could have really ripped them up. You go on the internet now and you see all these ministries attacking one another. You better watch that. Paul says there's coming a time when Jesus will expose the counsels of the heart. And Paul said, I don't judge them and I don't even judge me. I've got one who is in charge of that. Well, Pastor, how do I know that I may be operating in the 
gift of the discerning of spirits. Some of you will be familiar with what I'm about to say. Sometimes when you are operating in that gift, and boy, what a great gift it is, when, when you're in, involved in certain relationships or conversations or any kind of communication, you'll just feel a, a, a repelling, almost like uh, poles of a magnet just repelling you in your inner man. You'll feel mm, a, a, a distancing, a, a disconnect in your inner man that you can't really describe, but it's real and you know it. It's just, can't go there. You feel a repelling. Sometimes, if you're highly advanced in that gift, you'll even have some tangible, physical manifestations of it. My wife, who is highly developed in that, will tell you I physically feel the hair on the back of my neck standing up when I am in the presence of demonic spirits that are in operation. Sometimes it's tangible like that, sometimes it's not. But you can also find out that not only that internal repelling and ongoing discomfort, caution lights when you're praying, Caution lights when you're praying, but remember that you also can be developed in the gift of the discerning of spirits by sitting under the counsel of others who have that gift. The transfer of gifting Old and New Testament, you can see it in the Word, the transfer of gifting sometimes come from one person with the gift to another who wants the gift. That's the reason you ought to always be speaking life, and those of you who have children and grandchildren, you ought to always be speaking life, praying over them. You ought to always be seeking the counsel of spiritual covering. Honor those who are over you in the Lord, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We have people over us in the Lord. Do you? You should. So, the discerning of spirits is huge. And remember to identify them and seek the development of them. Making premature decisions about people's motives, their personality, likes, traits, identity, don't let it turn into judgment. When you are discerning of spirits, identify, resist, pray, take authority. Next, he says, to another, different kinds of tongues, and to another, the interpretation of tongues. You know, the beautiful thing about our faith fellowship here, here are our backgrounds. You ready? Catholic, Anglican, Presbyterian, Episcopal, Baptist, Methodist, Church of Christ, Pentecostal, 
and everything in between. That's part of the beauty of it. That's kind of what heaven's going to look like, you know. But based on our background, based on what, what, what I've learned is this, we're always uncomfortable with what we don't understand. And if you hear something like tongues and you have unfortunately seen the misuse of it or something out of order in the media or even in person, then you're you to gravitate away from that because it makes you uncomfortable and you don't want any knowledge of that. But first of all, let me tell you this. If there's one of these gifts you don't want, you don't have to worry. That will not be forced on you by the Lord. But if the Spirit of God, if these are gifts of the Spirit, if these are enabling gifts that bring glory to God and bring ministry to His body, wouldn't it be wise for us to find out what they are and pray that the Lord would give us what He wants? The word tongues is an unfortunate, although it's accurate, uh, glossa, glossolalia uh, of tongues. or The best word that I know to describe that that takes a lot of the sting off of it is spiritual language. Because what is being referred to here is language that arises from the spirit, not the mind or the brain. It is language that is uttered by the Holy Spirit in cooperation with the will and the mind of people, but it is the language of the Spirit that, listen, that is unintelligible to the mind, understood by the Lord, but unintelligible to the mind, and unintelligible to the listeners unless it is interpreted. Now, I want to uh, beware of something else. Interpretation is not translation. A lot of believers have gotten this all mixed up. Interpretation is when the content, the message of that gift is uttered. Interpretation is an explanation in intelligible language of what the content is. A translation would be a word by word. No, no. This is not the study of an academic language. This is the understanding of a spiritual language generated by the Spirit for a purpose to glorify God and to minister to the saints. So an interpretation comes by someone who is given the meaning of what that message in, a different, in spiritual language was. Let me say that again. An interpretation tells the meaning behind the message that was given in an unintelligible, ununderstood language. Does that make sense to you? Why would God do something like that?
I was taught in my formal upbringing, my own religious um, um, training, even in my theological studies, that certain of these gifts of the Spirit don't exist anymore. After the closing of the New Testament canon in the first century, then those are not needed anymore. Those were needed around Pentecost and the, the years after that, but not anymore. But in my humble opinion, and I have wonderful brothers and sisters in the Lord who believe that. I love them. I respect them. But I don't see any evidence where God has definitively said that any of these gifts no longer exist. So, if there is a language of the Spirit and an interpretation, you need to understand some things about this particular uh, gift. Number one, turn with me to chapter 14. Number one, boy, I'm running out of time. I may have to finish this next week. Look at verse two. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For no one understands him, however, in the Spirit, he speaks mysteries. So look what he says here. <clears throat> he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. It builds himself up in his inner man. But he who prophesies in an intelligible language edifies, builds up the church. Remember, this is talking about the gathered assembly of believers. So, notice what he says here. Um, let, let's, let's skip down to verse 18. I thank my God, Paul says, I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet, in the church, that is in the assembly of worship, I would rather speak five words with my understanding that I may teach others than 10,000 words in spiritual language, in a tongue. Notice, um, back up in verse 12, that the gifts are given for the edification of the church, the building up of the church. So verse 13, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, remember, tongues, spiritual language, is, is, comes forth in prayer. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So what's my conclusion? I'll pray with the spirit and pray with the understanding. Sing with the spirit, sing with the understanding. And uh, then he goes on to give an illustration that if all of you in the Corinthian church there, if you're all speaking in spiritual language and somebody comes in who is either unsaved or uninformed about gifts, they're going to think you're nuts. But, notice when he goes on to say later on in the chapter, <clears throat> verse 27, If anyone speaks in a tongue, let it be two, or at the most three, each in turn, and let one interpret. What does that mean? It can be the speaker, or it can be someone else who is not the speaker. Who will be able to identify what that message in spiritual language should mean to the church. Well, I don't know, that sounds kind of, uh, 
Now, go, go on a little later in that. If there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Look at the last verse, verse 39 and 40, the last two. Desire earnestly to prophesy and do not forbid to speak with tongues. Let all things be done decently in order. I've had people want to put pressure on me not to uh, allow uh, a message in tongues. I don't have any choice. So if the Spirit gives a message in tongues and there is an interpretation, as far as I'm concerned as the pastor of this church is legitimate, I will listen and receive and be blessed by it. It is not psychological babble to me. It is a legitimate gift of the Spirit. Let all things be done decently and in order. We got a whole, I've got a whole lot more. I've got a lot of teaching points on this for you, and I'll take those up later and get into prophecy next week. I really want you to hear this because there's a whole lot going on in the name of prophecy out there that I want you to be equipped about. Are we learning anything? It's going to uh, work with, uh, against some of your preconceived notions and ideas, but that's okay. We all ought to be growing. If you don't grow, you're probably, uh, you're, you're probably dying a little bit. We don't want that. Amen? Amen. Let's all stand. Lord, thank you that you love your church. You loved us so much that you gave us the greatest gift of all, eternal life through your Son. Thank you, Lord. I thank you that you also loved us enough that you would gift us with a divine advantage, a supernatural advantage to please you and minister to your people. Father, may we desire these gifts not to become pseudo-spiritually elite, but to be well advanced in service for your own glory. I thank you for this church, Lord. I thank you for their hunger and thirst for your word. I thank you for their respect and honor for the things of the Spirit and the Lord. We pray, God, that you would give us a deeper intimacy with you. Lord, I ask you to give us everything you desire for us to operate in. It'll be for your glory. In Jesus' mighty and holy name, and all the people said, we'll see you next week. Go with God. He's going with you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.